0: Welcome to the Culture of Kindness podcast. Have you wondered about the direction the world is going? Wondered if you and the rest of the world are connecting in a healthy way?
1: I can see it in others. And now I've changed the lens through which I see the world. And to be kind is the only possible result.
0: Because you you don't have the language of talking. It's kind of almost a language of kindness. In this podcast, we discuss everything From what makes a brilliant leader to where is the world going on our current trajectory? And how can we make a culture of kindness and do we actually need to? Or are we doing all right just as we are?
1: It's roughly 2,000 years since some bloke got nailed to a tree for suggesting that we should all be a little bit nicer to each other. And I fear that over the last 2,000
0: years we haven't moved on very
1: far from that inherently humans are very badly flawed and there there is
0: i nahala summers became obsessed about the power of kindness after it was the kindness of a stranger that changed my life so now i am lucky enough to talk to the most eclectic mix of people probably on any podcast come inside and subscribe it will open your mind and world up to the best examples of living life wholeheartedly. When you look on the Facebook, even when you look on the comments on BBC. Everyone goes, oh, "I hate bullies," but then that's like saying, "I hate water." You know, bullies have come from somewhere, and had A tap back. on my shoulder from somewhere that said, "You cannot just do an act of kindness in a day, and that be good enough." Before we go to the full episode, I just wanted to jump in and let you know that the Culture of Kindness Leadership book is available right now on Amazon. It's getting brilliant reviews because it is a practical support for any leader organisation looking to make a more successful workplace. And who doesn't love that? To find out more about what we offer, go to www. A culture of Thanks so much for listening, folks, and supporting this podcast. And if you love it, please do share it with your networks. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming and being a guest on A Culture of Kindness podcast. You are so welcome. You are in a completely different time zone to me. It's nighttime here and it's morning time there over in Australia. Um, but tell us a little bit more about who you are, apart from the fact that you live in Australia and you're in shorts, and I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just this is a bloke with a big head and shorts uh, sitting sitting down, uh, apparently talking to himself outside <laughs> at the moment. That's what it looks like to everybody, all the passers by, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just look, I'm just a, I'm just a guy who's uh, I suppose I just uh, after. Being my very best all the time, and and very curious, and and interested in doing things differently, and and sort of just just uh, getting after the things that I think are best suited to to what I'm good at, and and when I'm not good at something, just working hard at it and, until I get a bit better, and and trying to be uh, promote different perspectives, and look after people, and do all those sorts of you know fun and wonderful things.
0: Mm-hmm so what did you did you uh what do you do right now so let's talk about your work maybe and Mm -hmm. the just be nice project what's that about
1: so the just be nice project is uh, basically we're an organization that that identifies uh, opportunities for existing organizations to to have impacts and what we do is we go into uh, existing organisations, they might be uh, non-profit, for-profit, schools, um, sporting gr- clubs, all kinds of things. Doesn't really matter. And what we do is we we identify opportunities for them to to uh, have uh, positive impacts in, in the world. And and in doing that, we then take those identified opportunities and we place them in a basically in a pool of resources that we manage. Um, and so we have this pool of resources, uh, all this talent and, and, and uh, you know, there's money and talent and time and people and places and all these wonderful things. And we use that pool of resources to work in communities that are experiencing disadvantage. And, and at a community level, we work to remove barriers to employment, uh, good mental health and housing for, for the community. Um, but we also work with individuals, and when individuals are referred to us, we work with them until they are housed, employed, and have good mental health. So, the interventions uh, and and the help that they get uh, are all uh, moving in that direction. And and we we're not done essentially until until they get there, until they get until they get to this sort of baseline equality of opportunity level that is that they're housed, employed, and their mental health is good.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Just today. I've just connected with somebody who has made like a film um, for a almost like a Kickstarter, where Mm -hmm. a homeless guy has is a graphic designer, uh, by he he can do graphic design, and he's supporting him in getting this Kickstarter where he's made all these adult coloring books and Mm -hmm. to kind of get them set up. There's a similarity there because I guess it's about giving people the tools to be able to live their life independently it's it's just one small part of what you do but in that is is that right
1: yeah so um it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one because what what we do is more like a hospital than a kickstarter i actually can't stand kickstarter um, as a as a platform I, mm. I think it encourages people who don't know what they're doing to do stuff so if you told me that you were um, you had some uh, plaque in your arteries and then i just was like you know what you need surgery and i just started cutting you open to try and get to this you know, block day order and see if I could fix it. Um, You'd you'd die, obviously, and I'd go to prison and people would be like, that's ridiculous. And then if I sort of said, well, isn't it doing some good better than no good? And don't we need to start somewhere? They would say, no, no, you do not. You need to go to school. This is a 20-year process to even understand how you're supposed to go about the surgery." let alone the fact that you need a sterile environment, you need all this equipment, you need all this support staff, you need all this infrastructure for recovery, you need all of these things around you on top of your own personal skill set as a surgeon to be able to do this heart surgery. And relieving disadvantage is at least that complicated. And if, if the, the, the lie that has been sold to people by charities mostly, is that every little thing can change someone's life forever. Anything you do is a good thing to do. And yeah, you probably get it. So just jump in and have a crack. And this is a great thing to, to help someone who's homeless. Um, there is, there, it is exceed, exceedingly rare to find someone who is homeless as in, and I'm assuming sort of rough sleeping and some well well-intentioned person has found this guy it is, it is ex- exceedingly rare that there is only one thing missing and that that is some income from his profession. It is very, very rare that someone ends up uh, homeless b- because of only that. And so for me, what we do is, is more like a hospital. You come in and we don't expect you to know what's wrong with you, just like you don't know when you go to the hospital. And so you get triaged and the kind of treatment that you need is is going to be delivered by specialists who understand uh, the the nuance of, of the different things that are wrong with you. Financial problems. We're working with people understand financial situations. We're to, you know if you need work, we're talking with um, we're talking about bringing in employers and and development pathways that are long and that are inclusive. And if your mental health isn't okay, well, there's a whole checklist of things that need to be sorted out before we can be like, oh, you'll be okay. So you have sustainable infrastructure around you transport mobility is there a community around you of of one person or a hundred is are you are you free from addiction are you are you okay with do you you have like a long-term psychiatric problem and are you you taking your medication do you have somewhere to stay to get to take your medication etc etc there there's a whole bunch of of things in there that need to be sorted if you do them in the right order and you do them with the right people and you do it for long enough you absolutely can can Uh, help people and get them to a place where they are now uh, housed employed and their mental health is good. Unfortunately, the transactional model of of doing good has won the marketing battle. And so people have really, really poor impact literacy, but they believe they have really good impact literacy. And so we see stuff like these Kickstarters all the time, and we see stuff like knee-jerk fundraising. We see stuff like people going out and working in soup kitchens and stuff. And most of the time, that does, at the very least, at the, at the very least, it's completely uneconomical way to try and help people, and at worst, it is doing a disservice and making it harder for people to get better.
0: How does Joe Bloggs, who wants to do something, mm-hmm. support the program for good? Like, yeah. You know, I want to go and do something, but now you've kind of said, well, it's not helpful to do that. What do I do yep. uh, to make a difference?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, look, you give us money, which is great. That's always a good thing. If you're going to give money anywhere, we'll take it. JBN is, is the only place that works to that outcome. We're the only place that in the, on the planet that has a, a focus that is getting people who need help to an outcome. So everywhere else is, is pretty much intervention focused. So they'll be the charity that hands out chairs and their story about that will be, well, if we have two chairs and you sit across from each other and you chat, you'll have a connection and that will help your mental health. And then you go, okay, so we've got this guy on the street and we put the chairs out and they're like, yep, and we've, we've fostered a thousand conversations. And then what I say at JBN is, well, are any of them now not homeless Are any of them? like enjoying sustained, good mental health. And, and the organisation says, well, we don't know. That's, that's not what we do. We, we, we put the chairs down, you know, conversations are good. And so I go, okay. So that's the case for every, anyone that's handing out water bottles, handing out meals, doing these things. They're not on the hook for an outcome for the people that they're helping. If you went to a hospital and they just said, we're the paracetamol hospital and that's what you get, that might work one time in 50,000 for the person who's just got a headache. And they can use that story and say, here's Pete. Pete came in with a headache. We gave him the paracetamol. He feels great. Aren't we a great organization? But 49,000 times, you know, 49,999 times out of that 50,000, people aren't Mm. getting better because this guy had a broken leg and this guy had AIDS and this guy has leukemia and, you know, this woman's got, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And none of those things are fixed with paracetamol. Mm. So, Yes, you can pull out a story and yes, there is an argument that isn't some good better than no good and aren't we making them a little bit more comfortable for a very short time? And I say yes, but we would we would say that it is a terrible hospital that only does that. The measure of a good hospital is if people go in sick, they come out better. The way that people can help is by, first of all, not, not just guessing a thing that they'd like to do. The best help you're going to be able to give is always doing what you're really good at. Now, I go to a, we could go to a concert you and I and it could be Yo-Yo Ma on the cello and I may have never seen him before and afterwards I walk out and I just think wow mind blow! this was a life altering experience I didn't know I could feel that way I didn't know the cello could sound like that I didn't know I could have all these emotions I'm so moved I'm just feel so passionately about this I'll pull tears to my eyes I'm going to go teach the cello You'd be like, what are you talking about? You just saw a cello yesterday. You don't know anything about the cello. I get that you had an emotional response, but it's not the thing you should be doing. If you want to teach, you've got to go learn and it's going to take you 10 years to get to mm. the place where you can teach. The better you are at the cello, the more people you can teach because you can teach people of all skills, all ages, you know more, you're better at it. the so same with help. It's completely, the, the best help you can give people is completely unrelated to what you're passionate about and entirely related to what you're good at. So accountants working in soup kitchens for me is like just the clearest example of a waste of time because we need accountants to do accounting and we use them all the time for financial assessments. We use them for, in advice and budgeting stuff. We use them in helping with, with the businesses that are employing these people. We're using accountants in, in a whole bunch of different ways, doing accounting. But if we take them to the soup kitchen, where they don't really know what they're doing, the people who are getting help are getting a second rate kind of help. And the people who are giving the help are not doing what they're good at. So mm. if you're doing accounting, if we have a firm, for instance, as a partner, what it, what typically happens to the firm is they decide to pick a cause or an issue that they like, and they're like, we're going to do something there. And then they end up doing some kind of transactional thing with that quote unquote cause. Mm. If you work with us, you're doing accounting and, and in that space, you might work with a refugee, a migrant, a, a woman who's leaving a d- domestic violence situation, a, a young kid who's left school and wants to live independently, a, a tradesperson who's, who's a, an apprentice but is now a sole trader and trying to you know, get his finances in order and work out how to pay taxes, someone who's you, – you might be working with someone whose pa- partner has just died and they've mm-hmm. got to refinance their house and they're not sure what's going on. Now, that's not a single cause, but the outcome – is identical for all of them, that they are housed, employed, and that they have good mental health. And the bit that you are going to do is accounting. Mm. And to the left and the right of what you're doing as an accountant, doing the accounting, the other stuff is going to be happening too. So we've got, you know, people helping with uh, getting them into short-term accommodation, long-term accommodation, finding work, developing them into work, getting skills to have, you know, and that's all happening from people who know about those things. So the best thing you can do is... Basically, contact JBN. We're the only place that does this. <laughs> but, but you should always just be, don't, don't go cause first. Go with what you're good at. And if you want to so, have a massive impact, take the time to be really excellent at stuff. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're good at, if you don't have an outlet for it right now and people get very impatient about this, they go, oh, I want to do something right away. I'm, I'm inspired at the moment. Take the time to just keep getting better. Keep getting better at what you're doing because you can't guess ahead of time where that's going to be valuable. But I can tell you that if you're not good at anything, you can have very limited impact in the world or even for the people around you.
0: Absolutely fascinating. People are going to take a lot away from that, um, including myself as well. (laughs) But (laughs) how did it start and come about the Just Be Nice project?
1: Well, it's sort of been my life's question Which is why don't people get the help that they need when they need it for as long as they need it? And why do we do such a poor job of helping people? There's so much goodwill in the world and there's so much good intention and there is so much um, talent as well. There are so many resources, there's so much talent. And yet, people who need help that isn't medical are constantly just left behind and they're they're given a little bit of help or they're given help at the wrong time or they're not given the help that they need or they're not given the help for long enough and for me that has always just stuck in my like a thorn in my foot just like this is not okay we 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 can do better but how do we do better and why doesn't it work properly and so my whole life has been uh working on that problem while I'm out being really good at stuff because I understand as well that you can't you can't uh, you can't do anything well. Well, you can't have a great impact until you're really good at stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go out and I do and I and I become really good at whatever I'm doing and I and I work really hard and I work at these things for years and years and years. And 15 years later, here we are, and you know we have a whole collection of sophisticated frameworks to to deliver this kind of outcome. More sophisticated than most because we have to work in every industry with every kind of business, with every kind of person to to identify their opportunities. And then also that's like one huge chunk. And then the other half is to then work in all kinds of communities with all kinds of disadvantage and all kinds of, of, of difficulty to reach an outcome. And so that's a that's a big project. It's it takes a long time. It would have been easier for me to get on kickstarter and say hey guys isn't it sad when you know children are sick and give me some money but that has nothing to do with whether i know what i'm doing at all and to to set up jbm and said we have to do everything differently it has to be it has to be done properly we have to change the paradigm the ultimate goal is to change the way that people help people because we do a poor job because we don't understand it very well And I think most of us know someone who at some point in their life has had a friend or a family member, you know, a cousin or a sibling or a parent who's had a really tough time. You know, maybe we're talking addiction, we're talking, um, you know, uh, abusive relationships, we're talking all these kinds of things. And they've tried to help that person and then they've burned out before the person got better because you've got this kid, he's been dabbling in drugs he's you know he's gotten a little bit of trouble and that's no good and we want to help him and now you as a, as a civilian as a lay person has got to try and work out how do you find this person at a job how do you get them trained up how do you keep them motivated how do we find them somewhere to live how do we engage with the nhs or here medicare or social services which is just this enormous beast which is hugely inefficient and, and bureaucratic and and very frustrating for people, let alone people who are also at their very worst, you know, in the, in the moment when they need emergency social service. And all of a sudden, people I find have about six months in them of being able to do that. And problems very rarely get solved, like complex problems like that very rarely get solved in six months. And then they're like, look, I can't do any more. Um, this person can't doesn't lean into the help. They're not ready to do it. I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to have to step away before I burn, burn out and a lot of people have that experience with helping people, but at the same time, they're like, oh, yeah, my $3 is going to change this person's life forever over here, this other person from this ad on the telly, or if I just do this one little, if we put this poster up that says, hey, be nice to each other in the office, that'll solve our workplace cultural issues. And the the challenge is people don't put those two experiences together at all. So, for me, it's it, it's been looking at that and and working on those problems for so long, and realizing, like as we as we add layer and layer and layer of of how to deal with it, that like okay, this is it is very possible when you know what you're doing. It it seems overwhelmingly complicated, but it's okay. You know, it's just a process like anything else. And when you have these frameworks, we can actually deliver those outcomes and give people the chance to to have really impactful and meaningful opportunities to help other others you know which i think is also really really important
0: yeah what has been the greatest kind of impact achievement with your work so far
1: i I mean the thing for us is is that is that the the outcomes are, are always the same you know it's 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 um it's that people end up housed and employed, and that their mental health is good, and and so it's kind of like in a hospital. You go, well, what's the greatest impact? Like, well, we've, everyone that we've made better is really a good a good opportunity. You know, there, there's some great stories in there, I think, and uh, but for me, um, there there are feel good moments, and and there are also there are things that are more important than feel good moments, and. Some of the people, as we've get them to housed and, and important, and we've, we've had this extreme, extremely frustrating relationship at times because it, it takes a long time and you have to be very patient. I'm not by nature a, a super patient person. So I think you know, my, my achievements in the space or the things that stand out for me are the times that we've been able to just stick it out and, and just go, all right, back to the drawing board again. Um, that hasn't worked. Uh, I thought that was probably going to work and it hasn't. And, and, you know, people were given opportunities, they're, they're working, they're doing some stuff, we've got some work experience, we've got some training, it looks like it's going well, and then they just go, no, nah, it's not for me. And mm. so then we go, okay, well, why is that? You know, and it's not simply a matter of you're obviously not interested in working, um, it might not be for you, but also sometimes you just need a bit more of a push in there because you haven't been pushed in that space, you need a little bit mm. extra support, but we need to get that Right. When we get that right, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. And I really, I really like it when, it when it comes together. That's fantastic. Mm. At the same time, every day, I just see the scale of, of, of the problem. And so it's very hard to feel super chuffed about getting 50 people a job when I can. there's you know, 3 million Australians that live below the poverty line at the same time. Mm. And so you feel good. It's good. Doing well. I feel good when we're doing a good job. But, you know, we're also seeing the, the, the people, we're, yeah, people that yeah. we're not getting to. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, you it's feel a tough how big it's. But, but people being safe, kids being safe, getting kids the opportunities that they weren't having, those sorts of things are, are immensely rewarding and, and they, they pay exponential dividends over the lifetime of, of that child. And I think that that is, if, if it was up to me and I just did the stuff that feels good, not just the stuff that's necessary, I'd spend mm-hmm. all day with kids. Just doing that kind of stuff. It's it's yeah. always it's, it's the best feeling stuff. Um, yeah. But um,
0: is is there a story that really kind of sticks out to you? A case study that that uh, the kind of the Just Be Nice project really encompasses in you know something that stands out to you that you've done over the years?
1: I think there's a good one in this. We have had a young woman um, who. Grew up in a, in a very uh, basically housing projects, uh, tenements, whatever whatever you call them in the UK as well, Um, and um, in these in these environments, obviously a lot of people have a lot of difficulty. They come out with all kinds of struggles, and also in there you find these amazing gems these, these these young people who have taken extraordinary amount of responsibility looking after their families, and so. We have this woman and, and uh, she's artistic and she does all these things, and which is fantastic. And, and uh, she looks after her siblings, which is amazing. She takes that burden on and that's a constant sort of battle with her, her family and their mother, and who's her mother as well. And, and, every, and she's just constantly doing the right thing. She's stepping up and looking after them. And over time, we've been able to improve her health um, because obviously that was being neglected. She's now employed. Um, she's got opportunities to do her artwork, or you know, more regularly, and, and she's selling some of it. And, mm. and it's ongoing. You know, the job's mm. not done at all. The support is ongoing. It's, it's necessary that it's ongoing. But mm. seeing her get a little bit more of an opportunity to do some things that are about her in in a life that's been overwhelmingly about looking after her siblings which is i mean they're her siblings it's it's a responsibility that she took up and, and and did it seeing her you know now she's employed and doing some stuff and getting some opportunities to do some other things and and we've got a car and you know these things for me that's the slow burn just the, the, the gradual improvement the chance that someone was never going to get to have all those things happening, being emotions first, um, and, and giving, uh, giving people who are in need second rate help as a result of that. And I think that changing the way that we measure and rank impact and, and, and changing the way we engage with trying to help people and those sorts of things, ultimately that's, that's the Mm -hmm. legacy that we're, and that's the change that we're trying to make because at that point Mm -hmm. it means that people are getting the help that they need when they need it for as long as they need it and that and that you know lay people understand why it's done that way and and then only engage in things that are actually delivering that instead of the way that it works at the moment which is mostly Mm -hmm. engaging in well marketed campaigns i mean
0: you're not that far New Zealand, and I don't know whether you're that familiar with the Prime Minister there and the work that she's doing. She has a very uh, different approach. She talks about something around the 20 years, you know, the things that she puts into place now are only going to start to really affect the country in 20 years' time. And she has quite an interesting approach to it, something that's very different, I think, within the political arena. But what do you think of her work?
1: I think. Uh, I think Jacinda's great, uh, obviously. They have an interesting situation over there because she's unable to do everything that she wants to do. They have a coalition government over there. So there's certain things that um, they made concessions on to, to win to win that spot, which I think is a shame because given the reins, I'm sure she could do even better. Um, the The thing for me I think is funny is like how conspicuous just being a decent human being is in the political space. And essentially that's what she is. She's a, she's a reasonable person who understands that you've got to give people supported opportunities and, and you've got to look after people in with a, with a 20 year uh, long-term view in mind and not just today. And that for me is, is an attitude that not enough people have. Um, She appears to, have an attitude that she's prepared to be held accountable to that sort of stuff in the long term, whereas we see a lot of Mm -hmm. politicians who just are really trying to avoid responsibility. But at the same time, New Zealand is a country of five, six million people. It's smaller than most large cities. And uh, we still have Trump in charge in in the States and still have Johnson in charge in the UK. And we still have Morrison here who will yell Mm -hmm. at you to go out there and just make something of your life. Uh, without any Without any uh, understanding of, of of the barriers to being able to do that for people that that are struggling and and developmentally didn't get mm. the, the opportunities that people like him got, so I think it's great to see someone like Jacinda Arden getting a getting a you know a Guernsey at the top the top job, but at the same time, I think it's a little bit sad yeah. that um, that it is so conspicuous that some that are decent that a decent human you know it's like wow isn't it amazing that she just rocked up to this thing and was respectful to the people and it's like how is this how is this groundbreaking i yeah. mean it is but what how disappointing <laughs> that it is for That's everyone absolutely
0: else absolutely know? spot on it's quite shocking isn't it That everyone's like wow she's amazing rather than well, she's just the norm. And that's, you know, that's how we expect politicians to behave. Yeah. Um, and sadly, she's uh, become the Absolutely. rarity. Um, so, yes. Um, mm. What Do you have any thoughts about putting, you know, you talk about the, the, the Just Be Nice project is ultimately the answer uh, to many of our issues. And um, mm-hmm. do you have any plans to put that out into the rest of the world or are you uh, just looking at focusing that in Australia?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, we do work in the UK. We do work in the States. Um, the Philippines has done work in Africa. Um, so we can, yeah, in, in Europe as well. Um, so we've got all kinds of things, from consulting um, to speaking to helping organisations do a better job internally themselves, um, to to community-wide um, framework development, so that so that the, the communities who are looking to do a better job internally can be like a like a council or a municipality, can be statewide. Um, the reason that that it it's the answer is because of the the dynamic and and flexible nature of the frameworks that we use they can they once we have the chance to go and and put them into places and then help manage them and all these kinds of things uh yeah we've been able to do that in a a number of places ultimately you want to be big enough to and to to get to the point where people can just call up and that and they know they're going to get sorted out Uh, At the moment, we work on referrals because we need to vet people at the door a little bit um, and and limit our engagement to the resources that we have. Um, Again, to just wax lyrical about the hospital analogy, but the only reason the hospital wouldn't see you on the NHS is if they're full and they would say you have to go over Mm -hmm. the road to this other hospital. We just don't have a bed for you. And that's the same with us. It's, it's, there's no reason we wouldn't see you. That's to do with the problem you're having or the reason you hurt yourself or anything like that. It is literally only if if we don't have the resources, um, we can't, we can't help you. So ultimately we like to get to the point where that's not an Mm. issue and we can just help whenever it's needed. Um, But that takes time and it takes, it takes a lot of, uh, there's, I do a lot of, I suppose, teaching in that space to get people to understand, to help leaders of industry and things get it, so that they can start to move their models on board with what we do, and and let mm. us help them take care of those sorts of things. Uh, and and it's a slow process, but because uh, it, it's a noisy space, but we, we're definitely doing that. And and obviously in twenty twenty. Every opportunity that comes up, we we'll continue to take mm-hmm. those and, and deliver them wherever wherever we're needed or so wherever it's we're almost asked. Almost on that, that you, sort of thing. D-
0: you do that corporate side, but you're also doing that social side um, from it, really. And so, yeah, they go hand in mm-hmm. hand. In.
1: Well, the, if, if you want to know where the resources you go, where are the mm-hmm. resources? Where's mm-hmm. the talent? Where's the money? Where are the things? They're in industry. You know, And the reason they don't engage is because they do not see the benefit because they've been so- told to do this transactional, non-related to your core yeah. business type stuff for 40 years. And it's rubbish. It doesn't work. It's terrible. It doesn't deliver if it. If, if doing good actually did make money, like everyone says it does, then every business, Google would do it, BP would do it, Shell would do it. They don't because it doesn't. To be honest doing good does not make you money if you do good the way that everyone has been selling you to do good oh if you just cut a check to charity you'll make all this money well that's not the case and if you treat your people terribly and then give fifty thousand dollars to you know some mental health charity it doesn't undo the terrible work of the twenty thousand employees that you've got in your in your organization and stuff like that so for us it's about going there is a better way there is a way where we can come in at a level that is like a chief impact officer and we sort of provide that service that's accountable to the same metrics as your marketing your finance your operations you know on that level it's not a little bolt-on transactional side piece of CSR this is a core business function that has hands on all parts of the organization which then gives us at JBN access to all those parts, all that talent, all those resources in some measure, while delivering internal impacts to the organisation, that means that they're getting the kinds of benefits that, that they value out of that it's fascinating.
0: Relationship. Um, I- Josh, I, we're already at the end of the podcast and I can't quite believe that um, because I could ask you a thousand more <laughs> questions um, because it's it's a, just a completely new and different and insightful viewpoint that you have that uh, I think we can all take something from. Um, the final question which I always ask, what does a culture of kindness mean to you?
1: I think that it's about every day just finding ways in every interaction and transaction that you have to just be a bit kinder. Just be pay a little bit more attention and, and, and just give a little bit more. Get out of your own head and, and take every opportunity to make that a, a slightly better opportunity. You know, people, people are better. That moment is better for how you conducted yourself in every moment.
0: I think yeah, that's what the absolutely. Culture plans, just the being a bit nicer, I think. Just being a bit nicer, Josh. Well, I yeah. will leave you yeah. uh, to your sunshine while we suffer here in the UK with our rain. Uh, not jealous <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's, that's just come, funny. I've a few come friends again. actually. I've time. been invited. Uh, over to Oz a few times in the last six months. So it is on the list of places to come back to, for sure. Thank you so much for your time, Josh. I'm incredibly grateful for you making the time and your insightfulness today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Amazing, I really appreciate it. And uh...
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Whether you're a CEO or department manager, you can build a more productive, profitable and engaged workforce through adopting the theory laid out in my latest book available on amazon aptly also named a culture of kindness it will guide you on how to be the type of leader that every employee remembers for all the right reasons you can also subscribe to the monthly newsletter at www.nahalasummers.com to hear more about the latest talks courses and upcoming podcast episodes thank you